Coming up right now, the newest episode from Carr, Gwyn, and Ode on Three Pagans and a Cat. Out of suffering have emerged the strongest souls. The most massive characters are seared with scars. Welcome to Spoons, Self-Care and Paganism, the 37th episode of Three Pagans and a Cat. Our opening today is courtesy of 19th century poet Khalil Gibran. You may call me Ode. You can call me Carr. And Mary Meat, my name is Gwyn. Let's get our, our usual intro stuff out of the way. Yep. So, Carr, will you read our patrons, please? I will indeed. Because so, it is the beginning of the month. Uh-huh. We have 13 kittens. Woohoo! We, we love, love them all. Kittens. 13, also a very auspicious number. That's yeah. right. We have 14 cats. We love our cats as well. And they are Amber D., Briar Aldridge, Cindy Barrick, Gary Bearstorm, Jasmine Ray Bell, Kathleen O'Sullivan Cook, Lucia Cress, Marie Gray, Marcella M., Michelle Kokoleka Burkett, Susan DeHaan, Tally Kazoyle Thomason, Tanya Allen, and Zacchaeus. Our hunters are. 23 of those. God, hunters. We love you, hunters. Eris, Amanda Hicks, Brandon Summit, Charles Howison, Darby Lockridge, Aaron Mao, Henry Wodehouse, Inner Reflection, James Smith, Jessica Helmer, Jessica Jones, Joe, Kay Kremer, Carly, Laura Loki, Lee Lynn, Marika Mullen, Nadia Ratchford, Nicodemus Tidbits, Pine, Sarah Bunder, Solana, and Stevie Thompson. Our leopards. We have leopards. We have leopards. Very exciting. Akaneko. Oh. And Emily Hagelin. Wow. So Akaneko has moved to leopard. Mm -hmm. Wow. That's very cool. Tiger. Our tigers are Crystal of Apothecary Tees. Alora Driver, Lorelai, and Rel are Jaguars. Jaguar. Jaguar. Our Justin Stanch. Our Justin. Our Justin. <laughs> yep. So, the, the, the Justin. The Justin. <laughs> just, I just wanted to be a Jaguar for ages. That's right. <laughs> Sometimes the best thing you can do in the middle of a low day is indulge in some sweet tunes. Our tiger, Alora Driver, is here to provide with the music of Aqua Girl. Aqua Girl is an indie pop musician with a very chill, listenable synth tone married to lyrics that are by turns hopeful and honest, perfect for riding out your emotions while following someone else's. All of Aqua Girl's tracks have their charms, but Ode particularly recommends Dust, a frenetic call to keep living and loving despite the sharp edges of life. You can find Aqua Girl at aqua-girl.bandcamp.com. I broke my back to help too bad. I think I need more than just a long, long rest. I need you to help me heal completely. This is not the kind of thing you can't believe it. It's a normal symbiotic habitat. Figure out what we need to live like that. You're the most important thing in my entire life. So let's open up and really start to survive. Life in this world can be so nice. All we have to do is try and try. The world seems dark and unforgiving. I promise it's worth it to keep on living. Let's hold on to each other for as long as we can. I think that that's good enough of a plan because I'll miss you when you're gone. And so will you. Girl, a lot. Yeah, me too. I do too. Yeah, yeah I yeah. love the music. It's gorgeous. Yeah, I can't wait for the next. I love album, the lyrics. Quite honestly. I know. Yeah, the <laughs> I know. Most recent album from Aqua Girl is Poor Light on Everything. It yep. came out in October of 2018. It's spectacular, and I am urgently awaiting whatever comes <laughs> yeah, next. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> 
So I guess I want to start with, like, essentially some trigger warnings. We're going to be talking about mental health, Mm -hmm. uh, mental illness, or we might be talking about suicide or suicidal ideation, topics that could get very heavy and very difficult. So if you're not in a good place to deal with those topics, to wrestle with those demons, yeah, this is maybe not a good episode for you. Mm-hmm. And and we never want you to feel like you need to listen. Mm-mm. If this is not going to be okay for you, it's totally fine to skip this episode and never listen to it. Right. That's right. Absolutely. But if you're in a good place where you can engage with these concepts, please join us on this very difficult conversation. <laughs> yeah. That's right. We've titled this The Spoons. The Spoons, yeah, episode. I guess so. The first so thing I do is talk about... Yeah. I didn't know really what The Spoons method was. Yeah. Uh, I did figure out later that I'd seen it before. Uh-huh. Yeah. But... So, spoon theory, it's a term that was coined the early to mid-2000s by a woman named Christine Miserandino. She has lupus... She relays a conversation she had with a friend in college trying to explain what the experience of having lupus was. Mm -hmm. How she explained it to her friend was they were at a diner, so she grabbed a bunch of spoons, and she told her friend, okay, describe to me what you do in a day. Have all these spoons. These spoons are the things you can do in a day. Now describe to me the things you do in a day. And as her friend was going through the description of her day, Christine would take away a spoon and say, nope, that costs you a spoon. Getting out of bed costs you a spoon. Doing the dishes costs you a spoon. Taking a shower costs you a spoon. Reading a book costs you a spoon. You can, And so, like, halfway through her day, she was out of spoons. Right. She was out of the energy supply she needed mm-hmm. to perform all the tasks she wanted to do. Right. right. So, spoon theory is an attempt to describe limited energy. Uh, it was originally intended to describe chronic pain and other invisible disabilities, Mm -hmm. things that have, like, a a very physical toll on the body. And it's been adopted by mental health communities as well, especially people who have chronic mental health issues who deal with very similar, and in some cases, equally physically fatiguing. you know, invisible and take the toll on the body. Exactly, yeah. Yeah. Uh, That's exactly right. One of the things I think that isn't necessarily well understood about mental health is that it it often does have a physical tax. Yes. Right. As well as a mental and emotional tax. Mm -hmm. It does. One of the sort of, I guess, nuances of spoon theory is that when you wake up, you never know exactly how many spoons you have in your drawer. Right. You never know... Until you start your day, how many spoons you're going to have to work with, which makes it hard to do sort of forward planning. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, and very easy to overcommit yourself. Right. And then you you run out you of run spoons, out of and when you run out of those spoons, you can't do anything mm-hmm. that needs a spoon, no matter how much you want to, because yep. you have an empty drawer. So I have a question because I've never broached this, but is there a way to add spoons to your collection during the day? It sort of depends on where you're at, what your condition is Mm -hmm. uh, that's causing your lack of spoons. If you have like something like lupus or fibromyalgia, Mm -hmm. there may Mm -hmm. not be a way for you to add to your spoons. You may just have a defined spoon limit. Right. If you have a mental health condition like I do... Uh, there may be situations where you can recover spoons mm-hmm. right. one way or another. You can add spoons yeah. back to you your You can day. add spoons back to your day, mm-hmm. though not always reliably. Right. 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 Uh, and you can sometimes borrow spoons. Mm-hmm. So uh, the concept of borrowing spoons is that if you've run out of spoons for the day, but you have to get this done, mm-hmm. you can't afford to not do it, you can power through. And borrow but it it's from the next from day. From the next day, you know, you're going to end up in a situation where because you 
you had to power through this one spoon activity today, right. you're taking two spoons from tomorrow. Yeah. Right. So and you'll then, be less able to do things I tomorrow. Which is why I think like some of our speaking engagement things mm-hmm. where we go away for four days, right. uh-huh. we then don't see you for two weeks. Exactly, yeah, because <laughs> I, I have to, I, I spend a period of time recovering. Well, I spend a period of time before we do those things right. storing spoons. Mm-hmm. Right. And then spend all of them and then some doing them. Right. And then, yeah, I am very short on spoons in in the aftermath. Right. Well, and I can understand this from a couple of angles because, you know, I have a few conditions Mm -hmm. that do tax my energy. Yeah, you have some some mental health conditions and some physical health conditions. Exactly, I have both. All of which are invisible. And so there are just, now that I kind of get what this metaphor Mm -hmm. is, I'm like, like just the other day, I had a day where I, you know, was fine for most of the morning and then my energy was just gone yeah it was just gone and i was exhausted it's different from like conventional fatigue Mm -hmm. which is just like you're tired you need a nap if you take a nap you'll recharge you'll be able to get on with your day Right. right right when you run out of spoons it's not like you can take a nap and be fine Right. Because you're out of spoons. Right. Mm -hmm. You need something more substantial than a nap to recover from that level of fatigue, basically. And that's where you Usually it's sleeping and recharging for the next day. Right. And it's, or it's powering through and and then having to, but then even that. Paying the spoon tax. But even that can take a toll because, you know, if you you do that continually. Keep borrowing and keep borrowing from, then you're going to come to a day where. You eventually end up in a spoon deficit. You are in a spoon deficit. Where you wake up with zero spoons. Exactly. Exactly. So it's a, it's a real issue. I think. I'm just a terrible person, I guess. (laughs) Why? Well, because I don't really struggle with this issue. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay. And I'm a white cis male. <laughs> that doesn't so, make you. That doesn't so make you a terrible person. That doesn't make person. you a terrible person. <laughs> no, it, it, just, you... it just feels like like these episodes where we do like liminal or spoons or, or something like this. I'm like, I don't really have that much. No, to what add. it is is you can actually. What it is is you can understand where a, probably a lot of listeners mm-hmm. are at in that they don't experience this kind of thing. They don't. That's why they spoon don't have metaphors physical, are useful. Right. Yeah, they don't have a physical or a mental. That health issue that they're dealing with, mm-hmm. and so it can be very hard to understand. Well, why can't you do the thing? Right, and that, you know? and then you, and that's where you come in and say, "I get where that frustration can come from mm-hmm. in not understanding." Right, because right. a part of it is like I just don't understand. Exactly, like, you've I'm never like, had this experience. Right, so, right. So it's, I mean, you've had depression. You you understand mental health issues. Yeah, I mean, yes, I've had depression. I've but, also had issues with anger in mm-hmm, the past, mm-hmm. but never to a point where it was debilitating. Uh, debilitating. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, I just and you went on would and you have you had day. chronic depression like where it can, where it recurs seasonal or or chronic? No, no, I don't think so. I think mine have been like uh, based on like situational, events, situational, yeah, situational yeah, 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 depression. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. I think because situational depression happens, yeah, it's easy for people who've experienced situational depression to look at people who have chronic depression mm-hmm. and say, "Well, why can't you just?" Right, Re- recover. Right, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, just move on. I recovered from depression. It's a recoverable yeah. condition. Right. Exactly. But for a person with chronic depression, it's not. The disconnect there mm-hmm. is that we don't always specify whether we're talking about situational depression or chronic depression. Right. Mm-hmm. And they're, they're essentially different conditions that have similar symptoms. Exactly. Right. And that's why when you're dealing with somebody who has lupus or has chronic fatigue syndrome mm-hmm. or who has one of these or, or for yeah. me I have hypothyroidism mm-hmm. and diabetes and mm-hmm. both of those 
take a lot of energy from time to time because I'm on medications. Mm -hmm. Most of the time those medications keep me even keel, but there are times when my hormones are just not leveled out. Well, and there was a time probably three or four years ago now Mm -hmm. where your hypothyroid medication was not like correct, correct. Yeah, you had the yeah. you had the wrong dosage or something, yeah, yeah. and you were exhausted all, all the, the time. time. Yeah. Exactly because I mean, your medication was wrong, and there was nothing you could up, do about that. I would basically get up. I would have just enough, in, you know, uh, energy mm-hmm. to maybe get my family out the door for their jobs or mm-hmm. whatever school or make breakfast or something, and then that was pretty much it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that was it, and I would have to power through and borrow, mm-hmm. you know, energy from the next day. And it, you know, it's hard. It's really hard. And you run into the similar and you, problem yeah, with and diabetes. Yeah, you just can't, you just can't maintain that long term. Exactly. You can't maintain that long term. And then, of course, I had the cancer as well. So yeah. that also took a toll. Mm-hmm. So a couple of questions. Justin, since we were just talking about medication. Right, asked, right. I've heard anecdotally that when taking meds, it can mess with your magical abilities. I'm not on anything, but with a family history, I'm curious. I don't personally think that I would say it can, that it affects your magical ability so much as it might affect your desire to do magic, for one thing. Right. Um, and When you're um, less in extremist, you might do less magic. Right. <laughs> exactly. My answer to that would be maybe. <laughs> so here's where I land on that. I'm not currently on any medication, mm-hmm. but I was on medication when I was a teenager, uh, right after I got my diagnosis. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have a diagnosis of rapid cycling bipolar 2, which means that I can have bipolar episodes up to or more than four times a year. Mm-hmm. Uh, and bipolar 2 means that instead of having a full-blown manic periods, I have what's called hypomania, which is a milder form of mania that does not exhibit psychotic symptoms. Mm -hmm. So right after I got my diagnosis, I was put on a medication called Risperdal that is formulated for schizophrenia. It's an antipsychotic, but it's known to be effective for people who have bipolar disorder. Mm -hmm. So I was put on that as a mood stabilizer. And when I was on that medication, I felt as though... I didn't have full engagement with my emotions, mm-hmm. and I found that very upsetting. Or calling it, I guess even calling it upsetting would be incorrect, but I found it frustrating that I felt like I wasn't fully engaging with my emotions. And that was one of the things that contributed to me going off medication at the time. In retrospect, I think what was actually happening was that while I was on mood stabilizers, I was in a state of euthemia. Mm-hmm. Euthemia is when you're not depressed or manic, you're at an even keel. You have no symptoms. That's a a state you can be in with bipolar disorder. Because I had been cycling back and forth between hypomania and depression for significant periods of time, I didn't recognize euthymia. I didn't recognize that I was essentially at that point just... Non- I was I was essentially asymptomatic. Right. Yeah, that's yeah. a better way. I to was put it. asymptomatic. I was not experiencing symptoms of bipolar disorder, but I had been experiencing episodes. nonstop episodes of hypomania and depression back to back to back for so long mm-hmm. without periods of euthemia. Because sometimes you can have periods of euthemia between episodes naturally, right? right? But I hadn't experienced euthemia in so long right. that I didn't recognize it as a result of my medication. Right. So. I thought that was a side effect of the medication. Gotcha. Not that it was the result of, of the medication. medication. Right. Mm-hmm. 
Now, ultimately, we took you off of Risperdal. Yes. I went off of Risperdal for a number of reasons. Among other things, it costs a lot of money. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it, it had it had It did have some side effects. Side effects. Uh, it causes um, tremors. tremors, very fine uh, tremors, uh, which can build if you continue taking it yep. over time. Mm-hmm. I had which started, would not have been great for an artist. No, mm-hmm. I had started to experience some fine motor tremors, and that was a problem for me. Yep. So I decided to go off of Risperdal mm-hmm. and just manage my disorder myself. Yeah, and uh, through and with therapy and yeah, and therapy. Yep. And, uh, yeah, and that's what I've been doing since then, and it's been you know relatively successful. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. But so here's Wait, what I would back say. to the question: of, yeah. does it does it affect you know? Here's the here's what I would say. Here's what I would say. Medica- here's what medication does for you. Mm-hmm. It resolves symptoms. Yes. Right. Your yeah. symptoms are probably causing you to be less effective with your magic mm-hmm. than you could be mm-hmm. because they are symptoms of a disorder. Mm-hmm. If you are on medication that suppresses or resolves your symptoms, your magic should improve. That's right. right. That's right. If you stop having magical experiences because you're on medication, mm-hmm. there is a chance that your magical experiences depending on your disorder, may have been psychotic episodes. That's true. And therefore they were symptoms and not magical experiences. That's right. And I think that's important. your sibling has some mental health issues. Mm -hmm. Anxiety. Anxiety Mm -hmm. in particular. And so by being on medication, Mm -hmm. he was more able to do magic. And to do ritual and and interact with his religion. Because the meds were... Mm -hmm. Helping him mm-hmm. in, do be better engaged. That's so right. I think it. I, if I think any, it's I think a both it, and. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think, it, and I think it depends on. As with all these things, I think it depends on the individual. Mm-hmm. I think it depends on what it is that you're struggling with. What yeah. is the health issue that yeah. you're struggling with? Like, as if you, you said, have, if you have schizophrenia with psychotic delusions, mm-hmm. then yeah, getting taking your medication may result in you having fewer what you may consider magical experiences, right? Right. Mm -hmm. But if it's also resulting in you having fewer psychotic delusions, it's accomplishing its goal. Right. You can still do magic without being chained to psychosis. That's right. right. And the other thing is, too, if you do find maybe it's more of a struggle to perform magic, find ways to compensate, Mm -hmm. you know, find different methods Mm -hmm. of building energy, of correspondences, of things that will assist you in your practice and in your, you know, your ritual. Yep. And things that, you know, there are lots of ways to build energy, not just personalized, but... If you're experiencing what I did, where mm-hmm. your euthymia feels like a lack right. of engagement with your emotions, right. you can compensate for that until you adjust until to you euthymia adjust. Exactly. and learn to... Because what happens, at least with bipolar, is that you get so used to the extremes mm-hmm. of emotions mm-hmm. that you stop recognizing the more fine gradients right. that right. you experience in euthymia. It all just feels like nothing's happening but you're still having emotions mm-hmm. you're just not at the extreme, the extreme wild levels. ends of those emotions right. i guess that's what i'm trying to say is that you can find ways to do all these things yeah. that you to want compensate. to do to compensate i i would say that if you have a mental health disorder mm-hmm. and it requires medication yeah take the freaking medication oh God, yeah. always take okay? your medication always if you, your if you um, need it yeah if, you if there's it. another way to handle it and you feel more comfortable with than that, then do that. But I would say if you feel like the medication affects your magic, that's a cop out. Yeah. On 
On not wanting to take your medication. On Well, on two things. Not wanting to take your medication mm-hmm. and on your magic. Right. right. You should be able to work around that, that boundary. You can find right. ways to work around yeah, exactly. You can find ways to so work those limits. So it's a huge cop-out the to same way, You should always be on meds if it's a requirement. Absolutely. Yeah. Period. I agree. I mean, as a, as a psychic medium, you know, I'll read these books and, you know, a lot of times you'll run into, you know, well, this can hamper your psychic ability or that. And mm-hmm. it's like, again, it comes down to if taking that medication prevents, um, you, from prevents having you from having these experiences, there are other ways to have yeah. those psychic experiences. Yeah. Squeaky, who cannot be here today yeah, uh, mm-hmm. because of work, work commitments. Mm-hmm said, my big thing is guilt about not being witchy enough oh, because yeah. I don't always have the energy to practice. I understand, yeah. Squeaky. We've all been there. We've all been there. And I think, and we've talked about this before. Yeah, we've mentioned the, the fallow periods. Yeah. Yes, there just are times in, I, I don't care what religion or spiritual path it is, there are just times when you feel disconnected, I think, or you have those fallow periods where you just, either you don't have enough energy or just things are going on in your life that you just aren't following that practice. And that's okay. Yeah. It's okay. It's it's always okay to have a fallow period. And we talk about a lot, maybe not specifically in the context of mental health. So I guess that's what I want to hit right Mm -hmm. now, because we've Mm -hmm. talked about fallow periods and their importance. Right. And how it doesn't make you a bad witch or a bad pagan or a bad anything Absolutely right. to, to step away for a bit and take a breath, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. But in the context of mental health and specifically in the context of, you know, chronic issues and, mm-hmm. and things that require spoons, running out of spoons to do your practice. Exactly. Sometimes you only have enough spoons to do the bare minimum requirements for life. Yep. yep. Right? The, the absolute minimum that you need to stay alive. Yeah. And if that's all you can do, it is... Always, 100% of the time, no exceptions, more important for you to stay alive mm-hmm. than it is for you to do anything else. Right. Well, and I, I think, honestly, where, where, at least my opinion is, where some of this issue for people like Squeaky and others mm-hmm. who feel like they're not witchy enough if they don't do certain things... Honestly, I think it comes with having so much of our practice and our, our lives as pagans online... Um, and you go to Pinterest and you see these gorgeous yeah. pictures and you go to Instagram and you see these gorgeous pictures of people on their altars and their and all yeah. this stuff. And you start... It's, that hashtag aesthetic. Yeah, exactly. You know, and you're like, I, but I want to be one of the witches uh-huh. on Instagram, you know, kind of thing. <laughs> but it's like, it's okay. Why isn't my altar that pretty? Yes, exactly. And it's like, but the, here's the thing. Are the gods happy with what you're doing? Mm-hmm. Are you happy with what you're doing? That's all that matters. Right. That's all that matters. It doesn't have to look like the next person over what their what their altar looks like. It's all unique to everyone. And it's worth bearing in mind that social media presents to you not a person's life, That's but right. their presentation of their life. Right. They give you a snapshot of their very, very best. best. Yep. Or their very, very worst. Or their right. very, very right. worst. One or the other. Yep. Usually like, not both. Yeah. It's like when I share pictures on Instagram or on Facebook of like the our apothecary right, yeah. or our altar and stuff, it's not to say, ooh, my altar is better than yours. It's just to, because it's fun to share that kind of information with people in my community because I don't have have access to people right. in my community. And here's very the thing. Much. When even we post things on the internet, mm-hmm. right? Even when we put things up on the Facebook or which sure. star Instagrams very rarely in my case, those are staged. Exactly. Yeah. We stage those things to look as pretty as possible because, you know, hashtag aesthetic and we like pretty things. We're <laughs> human. Right. That's right. But 
So is everyone else. Absolutely. Everything you see on social media is staged one way or another. It yeah. is mm-hmm. a deliberately produced product mm-hmm. intended to sway you a certain way to invoke certain feelings in you about this person. I guarantee to you that somebody that takes picture of their meal... Mm-hmm. You know, before no. every yeah. meal, yeah. has moved it around and plated it so it looks exactly, exactly right. Perfect. Or the chef that at the restaurant that's right. they're at. Exactly. Did. So, that's right. That's right. Because um, we want to, we want to put our very best foot right. forward. Mm-hmm. But we have to remember is that's not the whole picture. That's just, not the whole life. Just right. because that's the just house a, is whitewashed doesn't mean it's not a complete den exactly. of iniquity on the inside. Right. Exactly. <laughs> so. I, I just want to encourage Squeaky and everybody else, because I have felt like that, too. I felt like I am just not witch enough. You mm-hmm. know, I don't have this or I don't have that. That's My spells bullshit, never look friends. that pretty. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. It's like, that that's bullshit. It's just bullshit. It, it really is. And yeah. you are you are more than witchy enough. Yeah. And you're more than a witch. Exactly. You are a whole person with many facets. And you have to care for and nurture and tend all of them. Mm -hmm. And this is especially true if you have mental health issues, right? Or chronic health issues. Or chronic health issues. If you can't take care of your health, Mm -hmm. everything else will suffer. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Everything else will suffer. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think it's important. I'm glad we're talking about this because I don't think we talk about it enough in the pagan community. Mm -hmm. We keep trying to, you know, again, show these pretty pictures. Uh We talk about self-care, but we don't talk about why you need it. Why you need it. Or how to do it. Or how to do it. And I think that's incredible. Or we talk about it very shallowly. Yeah, yeah, it's it's very, very like, oh, and by the way. But it's very important because, as you say, we this is our whole life Mm -hmm. that we have to be living, not just a portion of it. Right. So, like, convocation. Be a holistic witch. Yeah, be a holistic (laughs) witch. So, at convocation, Uh they talked about a lot beforehand on the convocation page mm-hmm. but make sure you get recharged uh-huh. make sure you you know drink enough water try to avoid sure. con crud right, right yeah con crud right. all that kind of stuff that you need to do but then i don't believe there was a class on it at all no there was on the very first day there was a class for introverts yes. to get away from, right. from yes. extroverts but it, i didn't go because i was like i don't want to be in a room full of introverts either <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> i want to i want to be alone specifically that's, that's right. why I'm Introverts like to be alone, but not necessarily with other introverts. There should have been a class for extroverts to draw them all away, and then introverts could have all gone into separate corners, unmolested by the extroverts. Okay, what is Lorelai saying? So Lorelai said, um, an uh, issue issue I've run into, also taking anxiety meds, is the dosage and the intention of the medication. Mm -hmm. I took the meds, and they helped me lessen the attacks and whatnot. But I couldn't feel anxiety because I was literally unable to feel anything. Couldn't formulate an emotional response, recognize emotions mm. at all. Mm-hmm. And that had a huge impact on my practice. And I think you actually spoke into this yeah. earlier. This, yeah. This is is, that- yeah, that's a little bit... That's that's what I was trying to, to talk about with euthemia. For me, and it didn't. I didn't figure it out until... I had a natural euthymic period right. that lasted for a long time, mm-hmm. and I was able to like learn to essentially recalibrate my settings for emotions, so that I could recognize finer grades of emotions because I had I had been bouncing back and forth between the extremes. extremes. Yeah, I didn't get it until I had a long natural euthymic period, and I could say, "Oh, this is what normal sadness feels like. This isn't. I'm feeling sad right now." Right. I'm not depressed. I'm just sad. I'm not in like I'm I'm not at the end of my rope. I'm just normal amounts of sad. Right. And then I was able retroactively to say, 
oh, I was feeling those things before, too. I just didn't fucking know that I was because my I was calibrated mm-hmm. only for the extremes. So everything in the middle just felt like a kind of a gray wash. Right. It wasn't that I didn't have those emotions. It was that I couldn't recognize them. Mm-hmm. And I think you have to have that non-symptomatic, that asymptomatic yeah. period for like a long enough time. Right. To recalibrate yourself. Yeah. Yep. Now, I don't have anxiety, so I don't know if it works the exact same way mm-hmm. right. with anxiety as it did for bipolar disorder. But for me, that's how it was. Mm-hmm. I had to have a very long, like, year and a half long euthymic period before I was able to really right. recalibrate and figure out what normal emotional responses were. That's why I right. wish your brother could be here as a special guest or as, something. Yeah, because anxiety he, expert. Yeah, he's the anxiety expert in, in the I, family. I experience... Anxiety as a symptom of depression right. or hypomania, right. but I don't experience just anxiety. anxiety. He has a he has a, a he has a generalized, generalized anxiety, anxiety disorder. Anxi- yeah. Anxiety disorder, and I think and it, social anxiety and social think, yeah. anxiety, and it did affect his practice for a while. Mm-hmm. And he told, and it took finding the correct medication, yeah, and yeah, the right and dosage, and the correct dosage, yeah. dosage yeah. before he was able to find that that place where he could then. Practice where he could operate effectively yeah. in his life in all areas in work in his in his in magical his practice and school and everything. Yeah. Yeah. So I do think it just takes time. Yeah, that's the really unfortunate thing about mm-hmm. mental health, especially. Right. Uh, I don't know because uh, I don't have chronic pain or or physical disabilities, but I know at least with mental health, it takes so goddamn long to get everything yeah. calibrated to yeah. get your medication at the right doses. To, to just deal with the experience, it has it takes such a long time. Akaneko said, personally, any sort of daily devotional is extremely difficult to get into, maintain in a depressive episode. Mm-hmm. Akaneko, let me tell you, personally, don't really go through a ton of depressive episodes, but I still have a shit time getting, maintaining or it's, doing any kind of daily I devotional. It's, it's hard. Uh, it's, it's hard to start habits, which is what mm-hmm. any kind of a daily right, devotion yeah. is, yeah. Yeah. Uh, is a habit. And it's extremely difficult yeah. to establish those. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of science been done about how it's difficult to start habits. Yeah. Right. Um, yeah. You can look that up. There's a, a lot of papers been written on that subject. And a lot of them actually do have good advice for like how to start habits. It yeah. usually starts with uh, setting extremely low goals for yourself. Mm-hmm. So that right. Because it basically the, the biggest problem with starting a habit is that you set your, you set your expectations very high. And then when you fail... You feel like you've wasted your time and you never continue. Right. A lot of people start a habit, slip up, and then just say, well, I didn't succeed. And they never try again. Oh, I do that all (laughs) the time. So you have to set very, very low bars. for it. So start with like once a month, I will do X. Mm -hmm. And if you can successfully do that for six months, Mm -hmm. say once a week. I will do X. That may be too much for me. I'm right. going to have to go yeah. once exactly. every other week. Once every other week. So <laughs> but yeah. Set whatever, whatever goals whatever are, set achievable goals so that you can maintain yeah. them for long periods yeah. of time. Yeah. But I understand that because, you know, I do go through periods of depression mm-hmm. um, and it, it can be extremely hard to get motivated. It's hard to do anything to when do you're depressed. To do anything when you are depressed. It really that's one is. of the, that's one of the symptoms it, of depression. Exactly. Whether it's your <laughs> magical practice, your devotional practice, Getting up and eating breakfast. Yeah. I mean, you know, it can be really bad. I, I had to make a rule for myself, and I sometimes fail it anyway, that when I'm depressed, it like, and when I'm euthymic, this rule isn't as much enforced because mm-hmm. it's not as much of a problem. 
But when I'm depressed, I am required to get up and put clothes on. Mm. If I do nothing else, I have to get dressed. Right. And I know it's a really bad day when I can't do that. Yeah. Because... And when I'm depressed, it's a two-spoon activity. Mm. Normally, it's a one-spoon activity, but when I'm depressed, it's a two-spoon activity. And that's why sometimes that's all I accomplish in a day is getting dressed. But as long as I can do that, I can say to myself, good, I did a thing I have to do. Right. And Mm -hmm. sometimes when you're depressed, you need to do literally anything in order to avoid sinking deeper. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Exactly. I think that this has put, doing the podcast has put, especially on the two of you all, some extra stress. Yeah. And, and, you know, for me, this is like, oh, cool, I get to do the podcast, you know? (laughs) Because, let's be honest, I don't do a shit ton of research. Um, You do, actually. You you open a ton of links. You do. do. (laughs) I've seen your browser tabs. Don't lie to me. (laughs) Okay. I don't do a shit ton of in-depth research. Right, you browse a bunch of I browse a bunch of shit. This is normal for me. Right. So, Mm -hmm. where you two are very much right what you feel, Mm -hmm. right what you do... I'm the exact opposite. I mean, mm-hmm. I'm fine talking about shit, but mm-hmm. don't ask me to write it the fuck down right, because, right. It, you know, mm-hmm. I'm just not that person. Like, mm-hmm. I'm going to dictate my blogs to Ode so that they get written exactly, right, yeah. because I'm not going to take the time to actually type the damn things out. Four fingers takes forever to type. Well, right. and you, you um, seem to have a hard time sometimes organizing your thoughts. Yeah, I can't articulate. Yeah. I can't articulate well when I'm writing it down mm-hmm. unless I have... Three months, and <laughs> I can go through about 1,800 revisions. Uh-huh. But I can speak it in a way that it doesn't, like, it, it just flows out of me. Right. Whereas so, I'm the exact opposite. Right. I feel much more articulate when I'm writing, which is why I come in with so many notes. Right. Mm-hmm. I spend a week, mm-hmm. a solid week, thinking about the subject and, like, looking things up. Right. And then part of one of the symptoms that I deal with is... I run out of spoons very quickly. I typically do not have like 12 spoons. I typically wake up with like four to six spoons. Mm -hmm. So when I have something scheduled, like Sunday is going to be time to record the podcast. Mm -hmm. I don't do anything except get ready to do that. Right. Mm -hmm. On Sunday. I spend all of Sunday getting ready for this. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And nothing else. How did... So, you all don't know this, but Ode and I went yesterday and cleaned up uh, mm-hmm. the back room of Arts and Craft, Craft which yep. is our favorite pagan store. And it, it needed is. some It desperately needed it, yep. This is actually my third weekend doing it. Yep. And you still have to go back to finish a little bit. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yep. Um, and so, Ode went over with me yesterday. So, how much did that take out of you? Basically, everything I had. <laughs> doing that, I... And, and there then, was a time where I said... Are you done now? Yeah, he asked. He because asked about I can halfway tell, through. Mm-hmm. Like when Ode gets to a point where I can feel the energy go down. Yep. Yeah. And yeah. I can say, okay, are you done now? And yep. Ode was like, no, I can go through. And I'm like, all right, cool. But yep. I wanted to give you that opportunity. And I appreciated it. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. at that point, I was like, no, I still have enough. I've got enough <laughs> in the tank. I can keep going a little more. I can get this done. Because one of the things I can do to at least temporarily recover spoons is accomplish a big task. Mm-hmm. Right. So mm-hmm. at that point I could see we were at a point where like we could we could be done. Right. We could get it done mm-hmm. if we kept going. Right. So I was like, all right, if we finish this, if we can, and that's why like 
car needed to take a break for a bit and I like as he was taking his break I was like here's the organization of the things we need to do to finish this and he was like okay I'm taking a break but I was like no here are all the steps we need to take yet to to accomplish our goal that basically took my entire day it took you know six hours of work which is a day of work essentially it's right. a little less than a work day right But then we came home and I had to also do something for the podcast. Mm -hmm. I had to prepare something. Right. And I had originally planned to do it with Car and Gwyn. But by the time we got home and I needed to do that, I couldn't... Didn't have the energy to deal with us. I couldn't do it and be around people at the same time. Right. So I just did it by myself. Yeah. Yeah. Because that was lower energy for me. It was lower energy for me, even though it was technically more like work. Yep. For mm-hmm. me to do it by myself, it required less energy for me to do it by myself than it did to do it with other people. Yep. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, so, and and by the end of the day, I was flat out of spoons. Yeah. I had nothing left. Yeah. 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 And yep. I woke up today and I, and I could already tell, like, okay, I don't have as many spoons as I wanted for this day because I used all of them yesterday. and some yesterday. Right. Which is why today... I did my prep for this episode. I did a little less than I would usually. I took fewer notes than I usually would mm-hmm. because I knew I didn't have as much energy to spare. Right. And I did decompression activities. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Because otherwise, thinking about this episode and the lack of energy I had was stressing me out. Yeah. yeah. Which stress costs spoons, which is the dumbest shit on earth. Not doing something can can cost energy. Yeah. It's time for reviews. Yay. Thank you. Okay. Phew. <laughs> 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 and I think this is Do you need a drink a... of my tea? I have a cough drop. It's peppermint. No, no, I'm good. Okay. What is the name of the book? I don't the book remember. is 365 Ways to Beat Stress. Yes. It was edited by Adam Gordon. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, it's going to come out April 30th. And it will cost uh, Winston Whitmer. Watson. 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 Starts with a W. Watkins. <laughs> Watkins. Watkins. Published. It will cost fourteen ninety five when it comes out. It's currently on sale on Amazon for like 10 bucks. Mm-hmm. Like pre-order? For, for pre-order, yeah. 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 And what it basically is, is, uh, you know, 365 days. It's just short little mm-hmm. one through 365 yep. suggestions on how you can get through an entire day, basically. It starts in the morning, ends yeah. with going to bed, and all of the potential things that could be in between. Yeah. All the little de-stressing activities yeah, you yeah. can perform. And <laughs> one of the first things I want to talk about <laughs> is that in the intro to this book... There's a sentence, and I checked. This this text is not full justified, so I don't understand how this happened. But there's a line where the spacing is very bad. Oh, I saw that. And oh, so all the words string together, is... and I literally felt a spike of anxiety reading it because my brain sped up the sentence <laughs> and read it really fast. And I was like, it was, it's like a sentence about being calm. But I read it and felt more stressed out because the spacing was bad. <laughs> to be fair, it's a pre-edited <laughs> Yeah, this is an unedited version. <laughs> I know, 
I just was like, it was like the second line I read, and I was like, holy shit, is this? And then I was, and and then I was like, wait, is it full justified? That would explain it. But I checked, it's not full justified. No, no, it's not. No. And this problem never happens no. anywhere else. No, and it's, it'll be fixed, I'm sure. Forty-two character long one word. Yeah, yeah. It's so much words. Yeah. yeah. But as far as the the content of the book. Um, I didn't find I don't it, remember any of them. I didn't find it particularly compelling one way or the other. I thought yeah. there were some I felt very neutral about it. I felt like a lot of it was things that I'd be like, well, duh. Although, <laughs> something well, I said... Let me just to... say, as a person who doesn't struggle with this really, mm-hmm. although I do get stressed you out. You get stressed you out, yeah. But, uh, work stress, especially. Right. Maybe but, this would be good for you, you to know, read, to well, have well, just a But the through. whole thing, like, I actually thought some of them were like, okay, like... I'm not going to eat porridge in the morning, which is one of the things (laughs) they come up with. I I was like, what? No. Well, keep in mind, this was first published. In in, Ireland. Yeah, Yeah. in in the United Kingdom and Ireland in 2002. So... Uh, this is just kind of a... a, it's a, a and this is why it was edited by Adam can, Gordon. You can right. translate porridge to oatmeal, but I still probably wouldn't eat it. <laughs> right, yeah. Um, I used to eat oatmeal all the time. Unless it's an oatmeal cookie. I don't then know I what your problem it. is with oatmeal. <laughs> brown sugar oatmeal is great. Y'all are just wrong. No, I like brown sugar oatmeal. Okay. Remember, I'm the one in the family who does. That's right, yes. Car right. and I are right, and Gwen is wrong. Yes. <laughs> Some of the stuff's very... I mean, it's just shit I don't think about. Yeah. And I this, think partly because... Again, I spent the majority of my life in Christianity right. where you don't go create a personal affirmation. You right, go, right. dear Jesus, can you please, you know, so. Please take my stress away. Please take yeah. my stress away so it does not bother me no more. Okay. Um, so, but because of that, like, I do, none of this is stuff that I've read before. So yeah. I think for somebody who's like me, mm-hmm. who doesn't deal with it a ton, yeah. mm-hmm. And really hasn't looked at any of this kind of stuff in the right. past. And for somebody who likes snippets, like I'd much rather read the fucking USA Today than the, it is the New nice York that Times. It's in little yeah. bite-sized chunks, right? Yeah. So I like that. Like, just give me a little bit because yeah. I'm really not going to spend an entire day reading this. Right. Mm-hmm. I'm had enough time reading my modern druidry book, which I'm super interested in. But it's still hard to get through more than ten right. pages at a time. So, pocket which says Carr's preacher voice is terrifyingly on the nose. I spent many years doing it. So, <laughs> no. The other thing that I told Gwyn earlier is that for the people who really urgently need stress yeah. relief, yeah. sometimes you just need someone else to tell you what to, what do. to do. Right. Yeah. And this is laid out very nicely in that you could very easily find a suggestion for mm-hmm. a particular yeah. issue, a situation, you're, a situation yeah. you're dealing with. Now, I will say there was a suggestion in there under the wishes part that uses uh, releasing a helium balloon into the air with your wish attached to it. My response to that is no. It's don't bad. do it. Don't do it. <laughs> It's bad for the environment. There are other ways to do that that won't kill birds and and fish. Okay, but did you not, when you were a child, release balloons with notes attached to them to fly to other states so that you could get them back to your school and be read? No. No. Oh, shit. (laughs) Well, (laughs) I grew up in a weird place. I have been to places where balloons have been released, but this is the only balloons I've ever seen released have been accidentally. I, you know, I have by very sad children. We used to have we used to attach notes, like handwritten notes, to balloons and release them, hoping they would land somewhere and someone would like see the address. Wait, I take it back. I take it back. I might have done that once at vacation Bible school. 
I've never done okay. this Which before. is a Christian thing for those who don't know. It's bad for the environment. Find another way to release your and wish. And as a druid, I agree with you. Right, yeah. It's just funny. The other thing is, like, don't do the fucking Chinese lanterns. Yeah, the, yeah, like the, the floating, paper lanterns. Paper lantern yeah. uh, I was reading somewhere that there is a way to do it so that they're ecologically not going to hurt the environment. Rice paper, maybe. Right. Well, I think there you can use um, biodegradable things. Yeah, exactly. And stuff. Right. There are ways to do that with a Chinese lantern that you cannot do with a fucking rubber balloon. Yes. So <laughs> I'm okay. just saying. Now let's chill and go back to reviewing the book. <laughs> <laughs> I would give this book probably three and a half stars. <sighs> I feel bad about it, but I'm going to give it a two okay. because I literally can't remember any of the suggestions. And I read it again earlier today. And the only suggestion I'm remembering is the one that, like, that you know, they, they gave me rage. So. I literally can't remember any of them. They all, like, slid straight off of my consciousness. So uh, I would say that I would probably get a four stars because it actually right. had meaning to mm-hmm. me. Yeah, it gave you new information. Right, because I had never like looked at it. I the way I deal with stress is just Let's to, be stressed. to be stressed. To be stressed. Let me put it this way: balloons, notwithstanding, I would probably like to have a copy of this book on my on my table, you know, my coffee table, for when I'm having one of those days. And I need to recharge or I mm-hmm. need to, you know, I need something. to deal with something and I need a suggestion because I'm just at the end of my rope and right. cannot process it yeah. right. myself. Then I think it could be in a helpful tool. So that's it for reviews. Nice. That was a good one. That was a good one. Thanks. Quality. I'm in fine voice tonight. You are. Yes. You are indeed. And humble about it too. <laughs> Crystal earlier said... Oh, when I was younger, I didn't recognize my depression and anxiety, and I would self-treat by just shutting down emotions entirely. I'm now having a hard time getting back in touch with them, so be careful with self-treatments. And I would say, correct, drink Crystal's tea, (laughs) is what I would say. There are a lot of self-care options out there. If decision fatigue is slowing you down, allow our Tiger Crystal to cut out some of the guesswork. Get one of Apothecary Tea's wonderful blends and make yourself a cuppa. This shop produces fragrant, aesthetically beautiful teas that delight all the senses, making them extra valuable for self-care routines with handcrafted teas that range from white to red to green. Right now, Apothecary Teas is featuring floral spring blends like White Queen, a mild and sweet tea blended with rose pieces, lavender, and natural vanilla, if you're looking for a more physical boost, try Herbalist Shield, an earthly bend of chamomile, ginger root, echinacea root, lemon peel, and natural lemon extract. Apothecary Teas has been kind enough to provide the pride that you guys with a special deal. If you're if you order with the coupon code three pack, that's the number three P A A C, you'll receive two dollars off and a free surprise sample with your order. Find them at apothecaryteastore.com or on Facebook at Apothecary Teas, LLC. And really, really, really take advantage of that discount and yeah. that yeah. sample because these teas are awesome. They're very, they are very so good. good. We're talking about stress or de-stressing. So this is one of those things that you'll see a lot of people offering like spells for mm-hmm. de-stressing, mm-hmm. spells for self-care. for that. I think the reason people keep asking is that all the ones I've seen that are available are a lot of work. Yeah. Which is somewhat (laughs) counterintuitive for the need for self-care. 
That's right, a good point. Right. If you're in a situation where you need recharging magically, you mm-hmm. probably don't have the energy to do some of these elaborate self-care spells. Personally, yeah. I say go with a simple candle spell. If you are in a situation where you are needing some self-care, you're needing to uh, do, you want to do some kind of a, a magical boost, mm-hmm. I say do a simple candle spell. And don't dress it. Don't dress don't it. Don't do anything. Just get a good color yep. and burn that sucker. And just breathe. You know, I that's I have done that before. I've just lit lit a small spell candle, you know, mm-hmm. those little two inch guys. Usually um I do blue, mm-hmm. so you know, for, for emotional issues, that kind of thing. Yeah. And then I just sit there and just breathe. That's all I do. I don't worry about meditating, although I do want to talk a little bit about meditation because mm-hmm. that's a good uh, a good thing you can do to help recharge. If you can meditate, if not you everybody can. can. You don't even you don't have even to meditate have to, do to this. meditate. Yeah. It doesn't have to be a Thing that you do other than sitting quietly and breathing for a second mm-hmm. you know just take time to breathe and that alone can help ease stress in in your life sometimes sometimes now not when always. i'm depressed sitting still and doing nothing is probably the worst thing i could do because it's the easiest thing and i could do that's why walking meditation is another good yep. option if you are having a, a period of time where you need some intervention, mm-hmm. you need to recharge, you'd like to do something, can also benefit your practice if mm-hmm. you feel like you've been neglecting that because you haven't felt well or yep. you have not been able to uh, focus emotionally or mentally mm-hmm. on on your practice, you can go out into nature and you can just walk, walk around and touch some trees and touch some trees, pick up some stones, go to the lake if it were a river or mm-hmm. the ocean, wherever you happen to be, just go out and be in nature. And it's a walking meditation. It doesn't have to be directed. Yeah. It yeah. can just be experiencing the earth mother that's all it has to be and i think even like just here like we just had what are those little flowers that pop the up crocuses. The crocuses right yeah, so oh we my just god had little volunteer crocuses pop up on the side of the house and they're small and they're purple and perfect. i love them and i love them and they brought me so much joy i yeah. cannot even tell you because i had a day yesterday where i was exhausted mm-hmm. for no fucking reason and um you know because they were off doing their their stuff at arts and craft and i was home we were warring in the store i was right. yeah i was working uh i was cleaning uh cupboards in mm-hmm. my kitchen and i was putting together my apothecary because we have a new place new to put wardrobe. It, a new wardrobe to put it in but by the time afternoon rolled around i was just done, just done. i was yeah. just yeah. done i was so exhausted mentally and emotionally for some reason mm-hmm. i don't even know yeah. why and um, and then Car said, come out and look. I, I want you to see something. So I was like, okay. And I got <laughs> up and I went out there and there were these beautiful crocuses. Mm-hmm. There's four of them all together and then there's one outlier that outlier. has wandered off into the rest of the yard. I can't wait until it's a little <laughs> bit warmer so I can go out there and just be with these, these crocuses. Right. I'm very excited about this. So, but that's even another way to like, mm-hmm. yeah. you know. You don't even have to go very far sometimes. No, yeah, yeah. Sometimes it's just, it's just something that pops just up in go your out yard. Into and you're your like, oh, yard look at that. just, that's yep. really cool. Exactly. Go or, enjoy this. Or take advantage of a storm if you like storms. Yeah. Go out and to experience the storm. Uh, go sometimes out and- when it's raining, I just go out into the 
into our altar space because we mm-hmm. have a big like public altar space now. Mm-hmm. I just go out there and just lie on the floor That's and listen right. to the rain. Exactly. <laughs> or if it's a if it happens to be a clear night and you can see the stars, just go out and experience mm-hmm. just being the being in the moment right. of the stars mm-hmm. and the moon. Another good option that I know our son takes advantage of is music. Yeah. He uses that as a meditative because he has trouble just meditating in your traditional sense. Yeah. Um, And so he uses music. And and that to, has yeah, worked sort as of a kind of his attention and, exactly, yeah. and that has worked as a therapy for him. And then yeah. the other thing too is I've just started doing guided meditations, mm-hmm. which was a suggestion Car made to me, and it was based on Tally Kazoyle Thomason's right. request for a request yeah. for meditations. Just if anybody knew somewhere to some find good some guided meditations, pagan yeah. related specifically right. yeah. meditations. And so Car looked at me and was like, "Well, could you, you do just that? make one?" Yeah. And I was like. I don't know. Let me give it a try. Let's find out. <laughs> and so I did. And it's on. It's available on YouTube. Mm-hmm. And um, I put the link on our Facebook page as well. But that's another thing is if you can't meditate on your own, you find meditation. a guided meditation. And that can be incredibly helpful. Yep. Does Crystal have a de-stress? Crystal said, my simple de-stress spells are tea-related. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, I put my hands on the warm mug. And absorb the heat to recharge my energy. While nice. watching the tea brew, I think of life and energy coming back into me. And I blow out negativity while cooling the tea. Oh, nice. Crystal, can I borrow that? That's, That's very nice. awesome. I assume that the whole I, pride will borrow it now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I love that. Oh, thank you. I love that because I drink a lot of tea. And so that, that sounds like a perfect... Absolutely. So Lorelai said, oh boy, I hate the person who says drink water and exercise will help you. But I'm seriously going to be that person. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, yes, that's true. Going for a walk through a nature trail or doing some stretches or just movement in general helps me a lot. I don't know. I think it's beneficial to learn how your body responds to it and having a physical outlet for internal issues. I've noticed a huge impact since I've started yoga and weightlifting. Mm-hmm. Obviously, you've got the spoons, if you've got the spoons if for you've it. you've got the spoons And for water it. is just important. That's true. Yeah, there are some simple things about your body that you don't think about a lot, but which are actually mm-hmm. super, stupidly super important to your mental health. Mm-hmm. Um, hydration is one of them, mm-hmm. and it's one that almost everyone forgets. Mm-hmm. Being even slightly dehydrated can have a like a rapid and serious... serious effect. Uh, yeah, effect on, on your mood. And sleep. Yes. Uh, even mild sleep deprivation can fuck you up real bad. Yep. yep. So that's why... So sometimes the best... the best, And this is why... Um, so there are, like, apps and things uh, that you can go to that you can say, basically, I'm feeling bad. What should I do? Uh, and the very first question is, have you had a drink of water or taken a nap recently? And if the answer to either of those questions is no, you should go do one of those things and mm-hmm. see if that helps. I will also, I'd also like to, to give the information that I was given that I still use to this day. Mm-hmm. Um, years ago, probably 20 years ago now, um, I went through a very serious depression and to the point where I actually went to my doctor and um, my doctor recommended that I go to a, a therapist. And so I had about six weeks of really intense therapy with this particular counselor and what she and she was not a let's just give you a pill and deal with it Mm. she was okay first of all let's cut out the caffeine and then add water and move and she said if you can do those things that's a start toward dealing with your depression i want to be clear because this is a stupid thing that i hear a lot that neither of these things nor 
anything uh, physical that you do probably is going to cure no. your depression. No, and that's not, and that is not how I presented it. No, right? yes, and, no. Know. But but it's something that people hear a lot. People yeah. who have depression oh, okay. hear this a lot, yeah. and it makes us very resistant okay. to this advice. Gotcha. Is that people will constantly be telling you, like, well, if you just exercise and drink no, more no, water, no. you'd be fine. Just let me clarify. <laughs> she gave, and I still use it to this day because yes. she gave it to me in the, as steps to manage my depression. I guess sidebar. Mm-hmm. One of the things about being bipolar is that there is not a cure for it. No. Well, it's, and it's the same thing with depression. Manic, de- or not manic, but... Um, chronic. Uh, chronic depression. Yeah, manic depression is what they used to call That's, bipolar disorder. Right, exactly. <laughs> yeah, so there's no cure for bipolar disorder. Mm-hmm. There's just maintenance mm-hmm. of bipolar disorder. Uh, and that can feel very disheartening, I mm-hmm. guess. Especially if in, if you're in the middle of a depressive mm-hmm. episode. I uh, can feel like, well, I'm doomed. I'll never get out of these cycles. Mm-hmm. So it's important to sort of... This is one of the destigmatization things, I guess, that needs to happen about mental mm-hmm. health, is that a lot of people who don't experience mental health problems, who don't have mood disorders or, mm-hmm. or mental illnesses of any kind, sort of frame mental illness as though everything a mentally ill person does should be aimed at curing their mental illness, right? right? Or to making it so invisible that it has no effect. And that's just not possible for most people. Mm -mm. It's just, it's just not an achievable goal. Mm -hmm. So going back a little bit to the the habit setting thing, set achievable goals for Mm -hmm. yourself. Don't, you know, walk and and exercise and drink water because you want to be cured or for your your disorder to be so invisible that it has no impact on your life. Mm-hmm. Do those things because it'll make living with your disorder a little bit easier. Exactly. And that's what, again, that's why yeah. when she gave me that advice, basically that was her prescription for me. Right. 20 odd years ago. She probably um, could have given you more than that, but it was a good start. <laughs> was, you know, well, and it was six weeks. We had a, we had a yeah, very short, it was a, it was a short, intense time. But these were steps for me to manage my situation and mm-hmm. my, my emotions. And I, you know, and sometimes I can do all of those things and sometimes I can do one yeah. of those things and I spoons again <laughs> again it comes down to what kind of reserves do you have my whole thing again is just it is part of maintenance right like for instance like I have when, diabetes yep. I have the hypothyroidism again and not curable not curable and those things can be very draining like mm-hmm. when I don't for a long time I was drawing my blood every morning to check my blood sugar. Mm -hmm. And it's very, very exhausting to do that day in, day out. And I was only doing it once a day for my fasting blood sugar. Think about the people who have to do it every time Mm -hmm. before they eat. Yeah. It is exhausting. And a lot of people who have diabetes or some kind of maintenance disorder disorder or condition it is incredibly it can you you have to deal with the possibility that you are going to get depressed because you are in this cycle yeah of, you may have situational depression have situational as a result of your other a, conditions a, yeah. other conditions because it is it's an exhausting way to have to live. And since constantly. your other conditions are chronic, your situational depression may become chronic. Exactly. Right, yeah. Be- exactly. Because you you have so much you have to maintain. Mm-hmm. Right. You have you to know. people who have conditions, especially maintenance conditions, mm-hmm. have to just keep track of so many more That's things right. than people who don't have these conditions have to keep That's track of. 
That there's well, almost even, less room. Like even, I just even said, you I taking should your be. meds. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like just you taking your meds every day is yeah. not something that I could ever do. Yeah. I don't I, trust me. You, you figure it out. But <laughs> I can say, I can say this. When I was first diagnosed with hypothyroidism, mm-hmm. and I went through a ridiculous battery of tests before they figured out what the uh-huh, fuck was yeah, wrong I remember. with me, <laughs> including sucked. heart stuff. I mean, yeah. it was ridiculous. But when they told me I was going to have to take thyroid medication every day for the rest of my life, as a person who doesn't like taking medication, yeah. I was seriously depressed yeah. about the, the fact that I was going to have to manage this condition. I have to go see my doctor every year for blood tests. And now we have diabetes on top of that. Mm-hmm. And let me just go ahead and dispel this myth right now. Once you are diagnosed with diabetes, you have diabetes. You cannot get rid of diabetes or cure diabetes. Diabetes 2. I'm talking about diabetes type type 2. What you can do is maintain it. But ultimately, it is a condition that is trying to kill you. In as much as the condition is trying to do anything, yeah. But um, but that's how it feels. Yeah, that's how it feels. But no, I get it. I have I have suicidal thoughts pretty regularly. Sometimes my brain is trying to kill me. Exactly. It gets. It does. It gets exhausting when you have to check your blood every day, or you have to take your medications every day. And I've gotten to the point now. I'm 54, and I thought, oh shit, I've started forgetting some of my medications. You know, but I have a hard enough time remembering to take like the allergy medicine that Mm -hmm. makes me not have as many issues breathing with the cat. Right. Yeah. Unless Gwen goes, did you, did you, did take, you take your allergy medicine? And the only reason and I it's literally that? sitting right next to me. <laughs> and the only reason I can do that is because I myself have had have to, to manage, to take have had to do yeah. that over the right. last, what, 10 years now. So we have not done Oats Stone Corner! <laughs> oh, and poor Justin had to leave because we're talking yeah. so long. So one of the things I actually do for self-care is rocks, to the surprise of nobody. Um, And one of my self-care rocks is Howlite. So I'm going to talk about that one today. I love Howlite. I love Howlite. Howlite is an opaque white stone. Uh, It will have gray to black veins in erratic patterns. Um, Most Howlite will have gray veins. It's pretty unusual to find one that has, like, really strong black veins, so don't worry about that. Occurs in nodules that look sort of like cauliflower. Occasionally, you'll find it in a crystal form with very, very small crystals, and those are mostly translucent. You almost never see crystalline Howlite. It's almost always the the opaque nodule form. Mm. It's very, very porous, so it takes dye very well, which means you'll often find Howlite that has been dyed blue or green, Mm. and frequently it's being sold as turquoise. Really? But it is not turquoise. Oh, the sneaky bastards. Yes. Howlite and turquoise have superficial similarities when howlite has been dyed blue or green because of the veins superficially resemble uh, turquoise. I I feel so treated. Yeah. So if you find cheap turquoise, it's probably howlite. just dyed howlite. You can you can become familiar enough. Essentially, the the veins in howlite and turquoise don't actually look identical. They're only superficially similar. So if you look at enough specimens of white howlite uh, versus what's known to be genuine turquoise, mm-hmm. you should become familiar enough that you can identify the differences in the cracular. Mm-hmm. Howlite is good for quelling anger and stress, not in like an absorbing way, but just in sort of like a Almost a suppression way. Gotcha. So I wouldn't call Howlite like a long-term solution, but in an emergency, Howlite can like really take you back down to even temporarily. It also helps facilitate restful sleep. Not dreaming, 
So you will actually, in my experience, dream less clearly or remember your dreams less when you when you uh, sleep with Howlite, but it will bring you to sleep faster and easier. How do you recommend doing that? Putting that in a pocket or carrying it on a pouch in your PJs or what? Uh, I, Putting it underneath I, your pillow? Yeah, I put it on okay. my, on my like under my mattress or under okay. my pillow. Gotcha. Yeah. You could put it in a in a pouch uh, if you were reasonably could you hang certain. It above you, your could, bed? you could hang it above your bed. Yeah, um, you could. If you wear the same pajamas all the time, you could sew it into a pocket. But the trick is just you know to keep it nearby you. Uh, yeah. If you have a bedside table, even Maybe you could put, put it, it on, on a bedside, bedside table. Like if you move a lot in your sleep, I don't move a lot in my sleep, so this isn't a thing I have to worry about too much. <laughs> but like my brother thrashes around in his right. sleep, so I wouldn't yeah. want him to put it under his pillow. Right. It would end up who knows where. Right. Howlite is also a little bit of a shapeshifter, but not in like a malicious way. And at least the Howlite I have is actually not thrilled. Its kindred have been misappropriated for turquoise because it's not being used for Howlite purposes. It's being used for turquoise purposes. Right. And mm. they have different strengths I, and tendencies. Seriously, it's like, why are you doing that, peeps? It's, you know. Well, because fraud. Fraud. Um, <laughs> Badness. Badness. Because, because fraud. Because humans are awful. That just goes to show you should always make sure you're buying uh, your stones from reputable people. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> um, but Howlite is a little bit of a natural shapeshifter. It can mm. sort of adjust its approach if what it naturally does isn't ideal for your situation. So, like, if you need to remember your dreams, but you also want to mm. get restful sleep, you can, like, have a talk with your Howlite about how... You really do need to have these dreams, and you need to be able to remember them, and the howlight should stop interfering with that. It should just help you sleep, gotcha. and it'll adjust a little bit to that, but it's not its not like a transformation stone. It's just got a little bit of a, a self-transformation quality mm. for itself, not gotcha. for you. Gotcha. The other thing I would say about howlight is that it's got like a weight feeling to it. So, like, if you... Do guided like guided meditations. Mm-hmm. There will be a point where in most guided meditations you are inducted where they tell you to like relax each muscle gradually mm-hmm. in your body until your whole body is very heavy and relaxed, mm-hmm. completely relaxed, right? How light, in my experience, sort of induces that sense of being sort of weighed down and sort of sinking into the earth or into your chair or into your bed or whatever Mm -hmm. very naturally and very very quickly so if you have a hard time with those inductions in meditations or in hypnosis or if you have a hard time relaxing like intentionally relaxing the muscles in your body Mm -hmm. howlite is very very good for that just holding a piece of howlite so i find sort of very naturally relaxing not and this is like an important clarifying point. Not comforting, mm-hmm. but relaxing. Howlite isn't actually super concerned with like my emotions mm-hmm. and what I'm feeling and helping me work through those. It's just interested in getting everything very settled. Lowering the stress. Yeah, just very just lowering the the tension of the situation and of my body mm-hmm. specifically. So that's those are the purposes I would use Howlite for. It's not an all-purpose solution, but it's very good in like an emergency or like a situation where you don't have the mental capacity to to do your de-stressing yourself. Howlite right. can nice. take you down really fast. For a short period of time until cool. you can get those resources back. And that's it for Out Stone Corner! Oh, Another good 
everyone. closed his eyes uh-huh. and was all into it. He did a little back and forth. He did. He was like totally into it. <laughs> I'd like to mention that there are also, um, for dealing with depression or helping to just kind mm-hmm. of equalize mood or lower stress, there are different essential oils that can be diffused. And supplements. And supplements. Like some really great uh, essential oils for any kind of mood elevation would be lavender, frankincense. You can also use, believe it or not, you can use lemon to kind of help give you a boost. Citrus. Citrus, yeah. This, the, the thing to remember about anything that has a citrus, that is a citrus oil, whether it's sweet orange, yeah, lemon, yeah, yeah. lime, is that it can cause... Sun sensitivity. Sun sensitivity, photosensitivity. Yeah. So you would only use it for a short duration. Usually they say no more than two weeks. That's the same thing if you're using a supplement of St. John's wort. Yes. Really, sunscreen, you know, you can use it, but really what you would need to do is make sure that you're wearing a hat. Covered. Like for me, it'll it'll cause rashes yeah. and things like that. So so I tend to use those oils sparingly. Yeah. But what I use primarily is frankincense because it, it has, they've been actually doing a lot of science um, and have shown that it actually crosses the blood brain, the blood brain barrier, barrier. Yeah. Mm-hmm. and it helps to, it helps with mood elevation. Um, it's highly effective for people who are um, dealing with high amounts of stress or who are experiencing depression and you can either wear it with a carrier oil or you can diffuse it or, you know, in the air through a diffuser, or you can just do the inhale method where you put some mm-hmm. on your hands and just inhale it through your nose and mouth. And it, um, it, it helps a lot, surprisingly. I, I use it every day now. <laughs> Crystal, last name apothecary tees, <laughs> said uh, magnesium. Yeah, magnesium yeah. is great. And, and one of my favorite deodorants has magnesium oil and it is from <laughs> Twisted Willow Soap Company. Mm-hmm. All their deodorants, they use magnesium oil. So not only do you smell good, you are helping lift your mood <laughs> just by applying deodorant. And I have a shaky jar at work. Yeah, yeah. the stress jar. <laughs> yeah. Which Ode made for me for Christmas. Yule. For you. Yeah, Yule yeah. was for yep. you. Yeah. And I think that's a brilliant idea. Yeah, it's just a clear jar. It's got dish soap and mm-hmm. water because mm-hmm. they have different um, Viscosity viscosities. Levels. Yeah, so mm-hmm. when you shake them, they create bubbles and then they slowly separate. And then it's got some watercolor paint and some glitter to make it pretty. And that's it? That's it. Wow. And then Well, just... and magic, but... Right, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, magic when, when making it. But what Carr does is he shakes it and then five minutes? Takes, yeah. yeah, three to five minutes. Three to five probably. minutes and you just breathe yep. during yep. those three to five minutes. And just and all the glitter kind of goes down to the bottom, mm-hmm, and it mm-hmm. separates it and becomes clear again. Yep. Mm-hmm. So. And so then once it's clear, you go on about yep. your day. But you just take those three to five minutes to stop worrying, stop thinking, just breathe and be in the moment. Yeah. Just watch that, the bubbles and the glitter. Just watch the bubbles and the glitter, <laughs> yeah. and that can do a lot to help relieve stress. Yeah. And considering I don't take a lunch, that's kind of like my... You take your lunch I, break to well, shake I, the bubbles. No, I take it like <laughs> as a... Um, because I don't actually take the time off mm-hmm. several times during the day where I know I'm going to have a more stressful right. time. coming. Uh, either coming or have just happened. Mm-hmm. And so I'll take that five-minute break and yeah. just not pay attention to anything and yeah. just close my doors to my office. That's nice. Good. Yeah. That's good. Yeah, so, that's, yep. yeah that's, a good, that's a good management that's technique. That's a very good yeah. management technique. And that's, that's why what I get paid the big bucks. Right <laughs> <there>. <laughs> and that's what it comes down to, regardless of, you know, of what you're dealing with, whether it's emotional, you know, or it's um, physical, you know, physical yeah. whatever you're dealing with. Find ways to manage 
those times, because you may be dealing with something that's chronic that it's never going to go. It's away. never going to go away. But you can find the, you can create tools to help you go through. You know, get to the other side and ration your spoons and ration your spoons. But what if it's Quinn's Garden Gems? <laughs> well, if it's Quinn's Garden Gems, then you get some crocuses <laughs> to make you happy because that is what I'm talking about today. Because they made me very happy. <laughs> they made me happy too. They made me very happy. So I thought that is what I'm going to talk about They're today. They're very cute. They I like are small things. They're beautiful, and they just as as Car mentioned, they just volunteered. They just grew up. Yeah, we on didn't their plant own. these. We didn't no. plant them. The the crocus that I'm talking about specifically right now is crocus vernus. It is the spring crocus. It's also called the early crocus or the snow crocus because it does come up very early in the spring. In fact, in places like Michigan, there could still be snow on the ground and those beautiful flowers will poke up right through the snow. They just, they're spot very color hardy. right there in the yeah. spot of color. And all the ice. Exactly. They're very hardy. They uh, like full sun and they like well-drained soil. They are actually a member of the iris family. And they're native to Central and Eastern Europe, North Africa, the Middle East, Central Asia, and Western China. So they were brought to the United States with immigrants. Saffron is actually a very popular spice, yep. obviously, that people use. And there is only one. You can There is only one version of crocus that you use to get saffron. And that is actually the fall crocus. It's uh, crocus sativa. And you can actually grow it and then have harvest, harvest your own saffron, which is Sell a really it for large amounts of money. idea that I'm going to be taking advantage of. <laughs> yeah, because saffron's ridiculously really expensive. expensive. And I'll talk about that in a second. But what we're talking about right now is the spring or the which early crocus, different. which is different. It's okay. very different. The name crocus actually means yellow. For the for okay. the yellow stamen, mm-hmm. ah. um, and uh, the the, the, petals. Le- the petals are are purple, right? Generally speaking, sometimes they might be pink, but mostly gen- purple. mostly purple. And uh, then they have like green, almost grass like leaves. Mm-hmm. They're very thin leaves, and they always come in little bunches. Well, not always because we have, we one, have one, one straggler, one little straggler. <laughs> but generally, they grow in clumps. Uh-huh. So they make very. They're very good to plant. Around trees, yeah, like a ground cover. Yeah, they're, so they're they're very good for ground cover. You can put them at the front of of a border of with other plants behind them, mm-hmm. asking permission. You can harvest them and bring them into the house for uh, in bulk or for ostara. Mm. They're beautiful on on the altars and just to bring in some color in the winter. Yeah. Um, in your house or early spring, but they don't last long once they've been cut. So right. you, you probably have those, a couple of days, a couple of days before they start wilting. But they are really great for certain types of magic. They obviously, again, they are great for Ostara and for Imbolc because of their their early spring. Uh, appearance they are wonderful for new beginning spells so mm-hmm. and they're also excellent for new moon uh, rituals and meditation that makes sense mm-hmm. you can also use any crocus it doesn't matter if it's the spring or the autumn they're good for love friendship settling disputes and divination Okay. And so you, you know, you can, if you do decide to harvest the crocus, um, the petals, you just dry them as you would anything else. And then you can use them in, in a spell bag. You can use them as part of a incense blend, mm-hmm. that kind of thing. Squirrels do like to eat crocuses. <laughs> so they ours like, are doomed. Mm. Well, they actually, actually what they like to eat is they, they grow from what's called a corm, which okay. is the, the bottom part of the stem. It gets kind of pudgy, basically. Okay. 
and that's what actually is planted in the ground like eventually a bulb. And grows. Yeah, it's like a bulb. Okay. But it's called a, a corm. And they like to eat the corms. Alright. Probably now, nutritious. Yes. Actually, and this is the thing, with the autumn crocus, again, that is where saffron comes from, the petals of the crocus satifa can also be eaten as a vegetable. But not the spring one. But not the spring one. The only one that's good for eating is the autumn. So make sure that you, if you want to harvest saffron, saffron. make sure that, again, that's crocus satifa. That is the only edible crocus there is available. Do not eat spring crocuses. No, do not eat spring crocuses. And you do plant them uh, in the autumn. About two to three inches deep in the ground. Spring crocuses? Spring. Are we back to talking about Actually, those? either. Either. You okay. plant, you can plant, and then the, the autumn ones will come up, will start growing in Very the... Very fast. In, well, no, they'll the start growing year. in the next year. Jesus they'll come Christ. up in the summer. <laughs> They're very slow. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, if you do have crocuses come up in the spring and have a sudden last frost, mm-hmm. it can kill the crocuses. Our crocuses are double doom. <laughs> but otherwise... They will pop up, they will bring color and joy to your life. And so get you some crocuses and enjoy. Uh-huh. So that's it for Queen's Garden Gems. That was nice, Excellent. honey. Very nice. Thanks. I like that. So one of the other things I wanted to talk about a little bit uh-huh. is oaths versus mental illness. Yeah. Because this is something that I run into sometimes. So I'm, I have uh, bipolar type 2, which uh, means I have hypomania instead of full-blown mania. Hypomania is milder than full-blown mania, and it's less easy to identify because it often just feels like you're doing very well. Right. Mm-hmm. So sometimes when I am in a hypomanic episode... I will sort of overcommit myself because I feel like I have a lot of energy at those times. I have the most energy I ever have when I'm hypomanic period. And so I'll overcommit myself to doing things and while I'm I'm in that episode, it's fine. But afterwards, I am overcommitted because I cannot maintain that level of energy for mm-hmm. the long term. Mm-hmm. As soon as I go back to euthymia or even worse into a depression, I am not going to have that amount of energy, so I'm not going to be able to do all the things I committed to doing, even though usually it's all things that I would like to do, that I enjoy doing. That was why I committed to do them. This causes some friction, my obligation as a heathen, to honor my oaths. Mm -hmm. Sometimes I essentially make oaths I can't commit to keeping long term because I'm not, like, in my right mind functionally, like... So, the most frustrating thing about having a mood disorder is that although my personality doesn't change, technically speaking, in the middle of a depression or a hypomanic episode or a mixed episode, which is when you have features of both, that's a great time, I'm still, like, responsible for my actions, I'm still culpable for my choices, but I am less capable of making them at the same time. Mm Mm-hmm. So I do dumb shit, like committing to do a bunch of things while, you know, temporarily I have the energy and believe I can do them. And then afterwards, I'm, you know, committed to do all these things that I can't maintain Mm -hmm. over the long term. So I haven't like fully resolved this for myself because I do want to, you know, I want to 
Honor your commitments. I want to honor my commitments. I want to be, you know, be responsible for my own agency. The the choices I make in the middle of an episode are still my choices. I, I still made them sort of intentionally. Mm-hmm. But I, like, I didn't have... It's it's so weird to say this. It, like, I didn't have my full reasoning capabilities, yeah. mm-hmm. or my reasoning capabilities were compromised. Yeah, I can completely by by the that. symptoms of the episode. So I want to I want to take responsibility for the the stupid shit I've done, but at the same time, like I can't. For, for, among other things, in the middle of a depression, I can't afford to beat myself up for when right. I fuck up because right. that starts the spiral of death. Exactly, and I think a lot of people can understand that. And I think that's where, like, previously we had Squeaky saying she didn't feel like Mm -hmm. she was a good enough witch. And I think that's a danger. You feel like you're not enough because you're not keeping your oaths or, you know, you're not heathen enough for you. Right, yeah. You know, kind of thing. And I I think that's something everybody needs to watch out for because it's easy, whether you're dealing with uh, a a diagnosis like what you have Mm -hmm. or just like your father who, you know, it's easy. Who's just too lazy to do it. (laughs) No, who just overcommits because you want to help people. Yeah. You want to say yes. You have a hard time with no. You have a hard time with no. I have no idea what you mean. (laughs) Because you are a very generous person and you want to be able to assist people, but then you know, you realize you don't always have the energy or the time, the resources, the resources yeah. to make those commitments. And then you feel bad. And yeah. then, like you said, you get into the death spiral of feeling bad about yourself. Mm-hmm. And then you've got, yeah, it just compounds. It just compounds. Right. It's a difficult position to be in. And I'm, I am trying to find a balance, I guess, between being responsible for my choices. Cause like I'm a fucking adult and I'm making decisions, mm-hmm. but, but also Acknowledging that sometimes the decisions I make aren't 100% my fault, mm-hmm. necessarily. Mm-hmm. They're bipolar disorders' fault and right. my fault yeah. simultaneously. Mm-hmm. And no, I think Lord. that's something people need to understand about mental illness especially, is that sometimes people's ability to make choices for themselves are, in fact, compromised because of the state they're in, whether it's a manic kind of episode yeah. or a depressed episode. It's very, And I make very different kinds of choices in those episodes. That's right. And it's very, it, you know, you, I, it's hard for people who don't experience those types of situations mm-hmm. to understand that it's actually a, a chemical thing going on in your brain. Yeah. That yeah, Lorelai said, you. like, drunk decisions. Yeah. They're still decisions, know. but right? made in a state where you don't have full mental clarity. Yeah. 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 And I, that's part of the reason I don't get super drunk. Right. I get a little drunk. You get buzzed. I get buzzed. I get enough drunk that I'm more social, basically. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that I get like looser with my body language and with my with my usual language. I just get yeah. I just get looser. Yeah. But I don't ever want to deliberately compromise my judgment cuz I have enough problems going on. Right, yeah. right. Uh, enough influences already on my judgment mm-hmm. that I don't need an additional element uh, compromising my judgment. And I do think that's something important for, you know, people in the pagan community to understand, especially people working in covens. Mm -hmm. It's different when you're, when you're a solitary, I think, because, you know, to a certain extent, to a certain extent. Although I I still end up in situations where like I make commitments to my gods. Right. And then I realize later, like, I can't keep this shit up. I have to go renegotiate. Right. And this puts me in in a suboptimal position, especially with gods like Tyr, who take oathing very seriously. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, but I think people who are are working in covens or groups of some mm-hmm. kind, kindreds, 
have to understand that you may have people in your groups who are dealing with mental illness. It may be something that they haven't been really willing to open up and yeah, talk very, about. Right. Very rarely people stigma. are not open about their, right. yeah. their exactly. struggles. Because, yeah. because, you know, people already think we're weird because we're pagans. <laughs> And there's a, I think there's Even almost among other pagans. And I think there's almost an extra stigma against mental illness in paganism mm-hmm. because we deal with mystical experiences That's a right. lot. Right. So there's this extra layer of like, don't admit that you're mentally ill and a pagan because then all your pagan experiences are Looks corrupted yeah. by right. your mental illness. Well, and I was actually just reading an article before we started the podcast about a young woman has some form of mental illness mm-hmm. and she was talking about spoons. She said, you know, she's been in mental institutions, mm-hmm. you know, and she's had to, you know, she's had to deal with doctors and counselors who started diagnosing her as schizophrenic because, because of her religious yeah, because of her religious experiences because right. she is psychic and she, you know, does have these different experiences mm-hmm. and she said it took a long time to find a therapist who would work with her and mm-hmm. understand not everything that I'm telling you about is related to my mental illness. Yeah, some of it is. I am a mystical person mm-hmm. because right, I am right. a pagan. Yep. You know, right. these are things I believe and it's okay for me to believe them. That's not part of my psychosis. Right. Right. <laughs> or a psychosis. A psychosis. Rather. A yeah. psychosis. And so it can be very hard for people to understand that. And I think even, again, I think even within the pagan community, yeah, you know, I, like I said, I think, it, I think it gets doubled down in the pagan community because mm-hmm. People in the pagan community who don't have mental illnesses mm-hmm. don't want to be associated. As, they don't want they don't want the people in the pagan community who do have mental disorders mm-hmm. to bring down the movement. Right. This is something you see in the queer community happen sometimes too, mm-hmm. where the what are now the socially acceptable queers, the mm-hmm. gays and the lesbians, mm-hmm. will try to sort of push under the rug the less acceptable elements of the queer community, the like transgender the, the and transgender. non-binary. Because uh, transgender people are dealing with dysphoria. Right. Uh, and well, and not just that, but just because they're less socially right. acceptable, right? Right, exactly. Society has more trouble still accepting transgender yeah. queer people than it does accepting homosexual queer right. people. Right, right. So there is a problem in the queer community where transgender people are sidelined and homosexual mm-hmm. people are the facing part of the queer They're community. They're celebrated. They're celebrated. Yeah, well, celebrated. No, celebrated. But, That's not the right word. You know no, what I'm saying. But, but we see more of them, yes, right? Yes. Um, because they're a little bit more socially acceptable. Right. More work has been done right. to make that part of the community socially acceptable. Or at least visual. Yes, to, to make that part of the community more acceptable mm-hmm. to society at large, right? right? So we see this sort of, this gatekeeping happen mm-hmm. in the queer community. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think something similar is happening sometimes in pagan communities mm-hmm. where neurotypical pagans mm-hmm. don't want to be associated with with neurodivergent mm-hmm. pagans. Mm-hmm. They don't want to be associated with mentally ill pagans mm-hmm. because they've already received pushback from a, a medical community that doesn't accept mystical experiences, right? right? The medical community has a tendency to medicalize all mystical experiences. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. So, you know, a lot of these people have been told, well, you just have schizophrenia. Well, you're just psychotic. Well, you're delusional. They've been told this a lot already. Why do you think I never have ever told any of my doctors about my spiritual experiences as a medium? So, So they don't want to be associated with that. And so there's a lot of pushback in the pagan community against 
members of the pagan community who have diagnosed Mm -hmm. mental health issues because they're afraid that acknowledging that those people exist, that Mm -hmm. we exist Mm -hmm. in the pagan community as mentally ill people and that these are exactly will bring down the entire community make everybody everybody will see uh the pagan community as mentally ill as mentally ill and as delusional right yeah right and that is a problem Mm -hmm. they have christian doctors and christian therapists and christian this and christian that Mm -hmm. why do we have pagan these and pagan that well i think we we need (laughs) to get to a, a place because there are a lot of Christian psychologists and doctors the, and counselors out there. The counselor I went to, so I received my diagnosis in the hospital. I was hospitalized. I received my diagnosis there, and then I was released from the hospital. Because my parents were Christian at the time, the counselor I went to, because was he was free, counselor. was a Christian counselor. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Now, I learned some useful management tools while I was there, but... Not all of them and that's were why. useful because a lot of them were spiritual. And that's why, you know, whenever I recommend to somebody, you know, double check, find out what does your what does your psychologist or therapist mm-hmm. believe? Are they a Jungian? Shop around. You know, shop around. <laughs> are you know, if you are looking for someone who is not uh, going to qualify everything, all of their practice through a Christian lens mm-hmm. or a Christian worldview. Or an atheist or an atheist worldview where they just won't accept your your mystical experiences Mm -hmm. as being just that just mystical experiences it it does take time to find the right person and that sucks because to shop a therapist you essentially have to attend a session with yeah yeah Yeah. and it can suck that's true (laughs) so you can end up bouncing around between therapists for a while but hopefully eventually you find the right one yeah well all right i think that's it isn't it no it's actually not because it's time for cars oh yeah Table. <laughs> <laughs> I realize I'm not supposed to laugh there, but damn it, it's funny. It's okay. <laughs> I found these uh, these recipes because there's three of them. Mm-hmm. He's got a whole a whole meal, people. whole plan. And this came from mybraintest.org. It's from 2014, so I searched back a bit, <laughs> and it's called the Complete Healthy Brain Dinner. Mm, nice. Sounds good. Yep. I think we could all use a healthy brain. Yeah, even even people who are, don't have mood disorders. That's right. Uh, right. Or yes, mental exactly. illnesses yeah. use yeah. healthy yeah. brains. Because it's, it's got all the right flavonoids and caramanoids and, sure. and <laughs> all the things omega-3 scientific. fatty yeah, yeah, acids yeah. and all that kind of stuff. All the stuff that, that, that keeps your brain, your brain yep. you know, operating Happy. smoothly. Exactly. So here is the first thing. Roasted kale salad with kidney beans, walnuts, and chia seeds. I I think that sounds really good, and we're going to have to get the shit Mm -hmm. so we can make it. Mm -hmm. I am not going to go through everything in it. You just heard most of it (laughs) in there. It's a salad. But there's also... Combined ingredients at will. (laughs) There's also avocado. There's a navel orange, agave syrup, um, chives, cumin, black pepper, some kosher sea salt... God damn, we're very, putting, we are putting that up on the website. Yes, right? we'll very, put it up on the website. Very intrigued by this because I want to make that. So, and it's a hot salad. I don't mm. even like salad, so, and that sounds good. I like some salads. Um, and then the second thing is your main course. This is coffee spiced rubbed king salmon. That does sound really Which, good. I don't eat fish. But it does sound intriguing. I'm Wild try king it. salmon, I think, doesn't taste as fishy as other fish. Okay. So it tastes more meaty mm-hmm. than, than okay. fishy. I do yeah, like meat. Yeah. I'm a carnivore at heart. So, <laughs> um, so that you're doing one and a half pounds of uh, king salmon belly fillet. Okay. Some extra virgin olive oil, 
into a grill pan, a quarter of a cup of espresso, not espresso. Please, es- people, learn how to say it correctly. Espresso, espresso, espresso. Gosh, um, this is one of then, Car's pet peeves. Well, mine is cavalry. So. Yeah, <laughs> cumin seeds, yellow and brown mustard seeds, coriander seeds. Mm, I like all these nice. seeds. Brown sugar, New Mexico hot chili powder, and black pepper. It does sound really good. Mm. Yep. <laughs> and then the last thing is your turmeric and toasted flax risotto. Oh, God, that sounds awesome. Yeah, it does. So you're talking about, you know, a burrito rice, two garlic cloves, or in, oh, in my case, Four. two garlic uh, bulbs. bulbs. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> One large shallot. Yes. (laughs) Some extra virgin olive oil. Some medium dry white wine, like a Pinot Grigio or an Italian white wine. Five cups of chicken stock. Two teaspoons of turmeric. Quarter of a cup of toasted flax seeds. Mm -hmm. That's not hard to do. No, no. You put them in a pan and you toast them. Very easy to do. And then uh, some black pepper and you salt to taste. Oh my God. Now notice, keep in mind, risotto cooks really effing fast. Yeah. So when you make risotto, I mean, you're talking about like three, four minutes and you're totally done with risotto. Yeah, I mean, it's like that and it's, but yeah, and then it's just ready. It's al dente at that point. You're ready to go. Wow. Yeah. I had no idea it was that fast. It is very, very fast. That's why very few people make good good risotto. risotto. Because they overcook it. Because if you overcook it, it becomes uh, very sticky and gummy. And mushy. Yeah. That's that's bad. Yep. You don't want that. So that's it. I'll make sure that ends up on the website. Yep, on the blog. Uh, the website. The website. The website. The website. Is that a new way we're saying it? The website. The website. The website. <laughs> I like that strong T at the end. Right. Yeah. The website. Right. <laughs> so, yeah, that's it for whatever that thing is that I do. Car's feast table. Car's that's feast what it's called. table. A whole feast this time. Yeah, uh-huh. that's true. It was an entire meal. Mm-hmm. An entire meal. Very you have good. To come up with any, uh, you have to come up with beverages yourself, I guess. Yeah, yeah that's true. Yeah. Are we I think that's it. Yeah, I, I think, think that's everything. I think we've covered as much as we can on this topic. I hope it's been helpful to people because I know a lot of people were asking for mm-hmm. this topic to be discussed. And I think it's an important one. If you have more questions or concerns about something mm-hmm. we said mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. or anything like that, Feel free to email us through the website. Or... If we have to, we'll do another spoons too. Right, exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We did that with liminal. We, did, we, we did liminal two. We've set the precedent. We've yeah. set the precedent. <laughs> By doing liminal two electric boogaloo. Uh-huh. Yeah. So, so um, if we have to do another just, spoons episode, we can. Yeah. I'm going to throw this out there since, you know, I, I just kind of gave a lackluster uh, props to the book that we reviewed. If you are interested in finding out more about self-care, Erin uh, Murphy Hiscock has come out with a book that's called A Witch's Guide to Self-Care. All right, so that's it. Um, I can tell you all the places you could find us, but you probably already have. If not, and you're listening on a podcast, oddly enough, they're all linked right there, so you can just click on any of them. Or you can go to 3pagansandacat.com. That's the number 3pagansandacat.com, and it will get you there. Oh, and everything is now uploaded on YouTube. Yep. Excellent. We're up to date. So yes. sign up, YouTube, because yep. we're going to be using the YouTube when we do... Yeah, when we go to um, Michigan, Michigan Pagan, Pagan Fest, Fest yep. in June. Yep. yep. Podcasting live. But anyway, anyway, we're going to be there. We're going to be talking shit mm-hmm. and inviting people to talk shit. We're going to be going to <laughs> classes and Gar is going to be talking shit. So. Yeah. And hopefully... <laughs> Eight to ten hours, you all yeah. have to stare at me. And hopefully I'll go to more classes than I did at Convocation, because on the subject of spoons... 
<laughs> I ran out of them so much faster oh, at convocation God. than yeah. I expected to. So did it I. didn't help that I was starting a depressive period. I'd been in kind of a mixed a mixed episode before that, so I had like enough spoons to do things, even though I was kind of sliding mm-hmm. into a depression. But I hit depression full stride in the middle of convocation, and immediately ran out of the energy I had planned to do a whole bunch of things. So hopefully, Michigan Pagan Fest, I can prepare more spoons. Yeah, I may even go to a ritual. Ooh. That would be unusual. I said may. (laughs) I'm not committing myself. All right. All right. That's it. Yeah, we gotta gotta call it. We gotta call it. We call it. We call it. (laughs) Done. You've been listening to Three Pagans and a Cat. Find out more information at www.threepagansandacat.com.